Today, every day, small cap investors visit Agoracom knowing this is the day to discover the world's next great company to have their dreams come true. That's why I take to the open road to find them, to tell their stories, to engage them, to bring them to life because they want to connect with you from your office, your phone, your home, anywhere. Agoracom, find your dream. Welcome to Beyond the Press Release from Dr. Gorkom, in which we take the time to speak with small cap executives right after they put out important news. With us today, I'm happy to have him back again, Francis Dubé, CEO of Zen Graphene Solutions, the company trades on the TSX Venture Exchange on the stock symbol, ZEN. For those of you who are new to the story, and that's going to be more and more of you as time goes on, Zen's an emerging graphene technology company. They've discovered the largest and very rare ultra-high-purity graphite deposit in northern Ontario. That's the Albany Graphite Deposit, and now they're moving towards commercial viability. Now, more than just lip services, a lot of people like to say things like that. Independent labs across the world, including Japan, the UK, Israel, US, and right here in Canada, have already demonstrated that Albany Graphite easily converts to graphene, and now they've got several verticals they're going after, but the news we're talking about today, Zen Graphene Solutions reports preliminary results for graphene, Aerogel battery test. Francis, welcome back to the show. Thanks, George. Happy to be here as usual. Well, you're putting out great results, so that's why we're having you back. Um, this is a very, uh, very technical press release in nature, so I figured let's discuss the results first, uh, these preliminary results. In layman's terms, what do they mean? Why are they important to the company? Well, as you know, George, the battery market is an absolute massive market. That's where the world wants to go. We want to get away from the internal combustion engine and we want to use renewable energy. So uh, the lithium ion battery uh, has basically maxed out what it can do. And we're you know, trying to innovate as many others are into the space. So we're working with a very big partner here with the, the DLR, the German Aerospace Center. And they have a proprietary aerogel material that they would like to infuse with graphene to create a better anode material. Now, what was very striking for us is that the material, uh, the aerogel itself, when we started the testing, it came in at a rating, I won't get into the units, but the rating itself was a rating of 79. And when you look at graphite in the lithium ion batteries right now, it's at 372. So the aerogel by itself, you know, there's no way that would cut it. However, when we used our graphene from the process that we licensed in May into this product at a 2% rating, it went from a 79 rating to a 1,300% rating. That's a jump of 1,600% on a very low load, creating a very good business case for us. So wow. we're very excited about that. The second part of that is when you look at the literature and you look at graphene uh, aerogel batteries, the best results ever, ever were at 1100, while we're at 1300. But the other aspect of that is when you look at the, that specific results, they were running their battery at a rating of 100. Again, I won't get into the units just to keep it as easy for everybody. Sure. We were running ours at 186, almost double. 
So what I'm told from my researchers, if we had run that at the same rating, we would have been around 16 or 1700. So without you know, optimization here, we're already better than the numbers in the literature by a significant amount. So this is a really, really exciting development for us. And the market there, as you know, is absolutely massive. So we're happy to keep looking into this market with our partner DLR. Yeah, thanks for putting that to layman terms because I made it really under, easy to understand apples to apples there and the differential. So that's fantastic news. Preliminary results, uh, you know, by by its very by its very name implies that more results will, will be coming. So is there more testing that's going to be going on uh, with these with this with this aerogel? Absolutely. So we've been working on this for months, as you know. Um, DLR now has gone to the uh, German government or a, a ministry within the government to apply for funding to be able to push this research further in Germany itself. So we're actually going to keep working with UBCO because we love our research partners there. But DLR felt that uh, they could bring more money into this by applying and starting an aerogel research center in Germany. So now with that extra funding, we can actually push forward on this faster. So we're pretty excited about that. And we've been asked to be a, uh, a supplier of graphene into this research center. So we're very happy to keep working with the DLR directly in Germany. I, I, I realize that this is probably a moving animal because it's new research and, 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 and you're going into uncharted territory just by the results you gave already. But do you guys have a sense for ETA? In other words, how long will this research continue for until you might feel comfortable uh, with a potential product? Is this a really long-term, you know, five, 10-year research, uh, you know, kind of, kind of situation? Or are you looking at the next one or two years? I think we're more in that two-year range, George. Um, the results are very promising. We're using an aerogel uh, material that's already established. Uh, we're using our graphene from our product that we're producing uh, with the license from the Canadian University. So this process is uh, well understood. It's licensed. It scales up easily. So from our part, uh, producing graphene from it, uh, it is very easy and it's a robust process. So that part is actually really well done. It's really trying to uh, understand the battery and how it will work in you know different applications maybe in lithium-ion batteries maybe you know in different other batteries so two years is probably a pretty good benchmark for where we will be before we can have commercial applications here you mentioned a license a couple of times uh, while you're giving this answer we know that you have a license from a Canadian University to use their process to make graphene it sounds like that process if I correct me if I'm wrong, when you're giving your answer, it sounded like it was almost a secret sauce to getting you to go from 76 up to 1300. Can you tell us a little more about that license and that process? Well, it's a license that we got in May. We had a new release on that. It's a Canadian university that came up with a process using both heat and pressure uh, and uh, a mixer, basically and exfoliating the graphite into graphene. Now they tried this with other graphite, it didn't work as well, but because of our graphite and this and their technology, it worked very well now. Okay. And for me, it doesn't really matter if it's one layers or 10 layers or five layers, it's when you put it into an application, how well does it work? 
And I think we've hit it out of the park here with this one. So for me, this confirms that the product that we're getting from this process with this Canadian university that we've had a, a license with at this time uh, is a very good end product. And if it works well in batteries, there's probably a lot of other industries that will be um, putting that product in going in the future here. Given the importance of this process uh, to make graphene from, from your graphite, it behooves me to ask, how secure is this license? Is this a short-term license, uh, a perpetual license? I'm sure that's something people at home would want to know. It's a license, George, that as long as we hit our minimum, we have that license in perpetuity. So okay. uh, we're very secure with that license. We've got a good partner there. They're happy. We're actually still doing research with that university. Uh, we're bringing more research dollars to them. So they're, they're very happy with our relationship there. So I, I see a very long-term relationship with them. So most people be happy just having, you know, either the Aerogel Research Center or this, you know, this license. You, you just, you guys just keep adding on more and more. For example, you've got a, a new facility in Guelph that we talked about uh, once in our previous interview. How is that new facility progressing along and what, what's the plan for that in 2020? That's progressing along well. We've got a lot of work going on there. We've ordered some equipment that's a little longer lead time than we would have liked, but we're still on target for production of graphene products out of that facility in Q1 2020. So we're probably uh, gonna have some revenue in the first or second quarter at the latest wow. next year. So that's a very big change for us. We're excited about that. Uh, we've had to lean on our university partners to prepare samples for um, our end users. Now we'll be able to do that ourselves and let the universities really concentrate on research, which is where we want them to spend their time. So it's got a lot of uh, advantages for us to have our own center. You know, I was going to save this question to the end, but given the fact that you're telling us now that you're expecting your first revenues to be in you know, Q1 or Q2 of 2020, Francis, have we finally reached the graphene tipping point? Because, you know, graphene a decade ago was supposed to be the super material with you know, all sorts of applications, but it never was able to commercialize, not at scale anyways. Uh, but given what's happened with, the, with, your, with this preliminary results from this aerogel, uh, the federal funding it received in Germany for that center, everything that you're doing, and now you're expecting your new facility in Guelph to start producing uh, revenues in, in, in you know, short order. Have we reached the graphene tipping point? Are we finally going to get to the point as a global industry where it starts to make its way into, into our lives? I think we're there now, George. We're getting reach out by companies that have already invented uh, a widget. They uh, have done the prototype work. They're ready to mass produce. The uh, holdback is that they can't source industrial quantities of high quality graphene. There's a lot of producers out there who say they have graphene. As we've talked about before, most of them are not producing a quality product in industrial quantities. So that's where we believe Zen will come in and really help kickstart this industry. And on that note, because uh, I follow you on Twitter, I noticed, I noticed that the company joined the Graphene Council is that part? Is that part of the reason join the uh, that Zen joined the Graphene Council because you want to be able to have a, you know, that third party uh, validation? I guess that you've actually got the real product and you're not one of these, you know, George's Graphene pretender companies. 
Absolutely, George. Uh, this group brings a lot of legitimacy to the industry. They actually have a process where they come in, they audit your process, they actually analyze your graphene, and then they certify you as a producer of quality graphene products. So we want to tap into that. We want to get certified. We're doing everything legitimately. We know that we have a quality product, so we want to be legitimized. However, more than that, what's going on that we're seeing since we joined is we're getting leads generation generated from uh, them. So companies around the world that want to get into uh, industrial production of a product using graphene or graphene oxide are reaching out to them and saying, I've got a great widget here. I need something, a supplier that I can depend on, that I can you know, move my product around the world. Can you tell me who to go to? And we've already generated three leads from them. So they're testing us out early here, which is great. Uh, we're starting to work with some of these new companies that they're bringing to us. And I think that collaboration is only going to get stronger here as our center gets up and running and we start producing bigger and bigger amounts of products. Well, that certainly adds even more information onto whether we've gone to the graphene tipping point. Because if, if there's a graphene council that's globally recognized and like you said, George's widget company is looking, you know, for a, a, a graphene uh, supplier, and they go to the council to, in order to, uh, you know, get referrals. And that I think that's a further great sign that we're getting to that uh, commercialized tipping point. Uh, how long until uh, you're fully recognized? And I want to make sure because you said earlier they're testing your product. And how how long until you're fully recognized? Until the product is fully recognized, it's something that they put their stamp on. I would probably say about four to six months, George. We've got to get our process up and running, set up in the lab. We've got to, you know, run a few a few runs, feel comfortable with it before we invite them, of course, down here. Um, the other aspect is we have a few different um, products that we're going to be making out of that facility. Graphene with this licensed product, uh, but we're also working with uh, Dr. Chen and his group. Uh, on graphene oxide and reduce graphene oxide. So those are two other products that we'd like to license. Those may take a little bit longer. And of course, we're working with UBCO on the graphene quantum dot production. Uh, so that's another fourth product that we'd be like that we'd like to put in front of our uh, the graphene council. So they may have different timelines, but we can probably expect our first one at least to be within the next four to six months here. Yeah, and that's that's going to go by in a blink. You know, we're not that far away, so that's that's great to hear. And we'll have you back on that on the show when when that happens. Let's talk about another grant that you received, uh, MIT ACS MITAX. Uh, that's another grant you received just just the other day, uh, and just another one, which is a great example. I like to see when companies are receiving grants because it means third parties are are taking a look at them and and finding them worthy. What's the relevance and why why this grant? So my tax is applied to by uh, the researcher at the universities, not by us. They put a business case in front of my tax and say, we have an industrial partner here. We have expertise in, in, in the two cases. So we've received two grants, actually. Uh, one of them is 75,000, one of them is 30,000. The $75,000 grant is actually on the production of graphene quantum dots. Uh, that's a $75,000 one. The other one is $30,000 for getting graphene or graphene oxide into polyurethane foams. So we're very fortunate to have a Canada Research Chair Tier 2, Mohamed Arjman, be a partner of ours 
and have the expertise that he has. He's actually uh, basically certified in both nanoscience and in polymer research. So he's a very rare bird uh, that we're uh, lucky to have where he's got multiple expertise that apply to what we're trying to accomplish. Um, the composite market is one of the biggest markets out there for volume of graphene sales, whether we're looking at the automotive industry or the aerospace industry, uh, coming together uh, with better polyurethane foams, better nylons, better polyethylene, polypropylenes. There's a lot of different plastics that are used in these vehicles, uh, whether they're cars or planes, and being able to make those products better, have higher tensile strength, have higher thermal uh, conductivity, these things will have a better uh, demand if we can accomplish this. So we're working with an expert in the field. We're getting recognition by MyTax that's willing to put money to develop yep. this. So we're pretty excited uh, on the work that he's doing out at UBCO. Last question, we've got to go back to the source of all this, which is the, uh, the Albany graphite deposit. You were, uh, throughout the year, for, for quite a while, you've been conducting baseline environmental studies. Uh, how's the progress going there? We've had a great year, George. We're almost finished. We'll go back in about two weeks and pick up the last of our equipment there. Uh, we'll have a full meeting with ERM. It's already scheduled for early December. We'll have a debrief on the, uh, the year, what we've received in terms of results. Uh, we'll have a news release when that comes out. Uh, and then we'll, kinda, we'll probably be rolling right into the second year uh, of that environmental work next year and just keep the ball rolling there because we don't want to have any delays uh, when we want to get to permitting and to uh, production uh, of the Albany graphite mine when we get uh, the demand set up. Um, it's almost in the second week of November now, so I'm not sure if we're going to have you back on because I don't know what press releases you may or may not have coming. Uh, so just in case this is our last one for the year, uh, how do you feel about how the year went for the company with all this happening? I mean, to me on the outside, it looks like things went really well. But naturally, everyone wants to hear from you. As expected, better than expected, maybe worse than expected. How would, how would you sum up the year for, for Zen Graphene? I would say as expected, George, maybe better than expected a little bit. We set ourselves a bunch of goals uh, at the beginning of the year. We actually laid out those goals at the beginning of the year. We'll do the same uh, in January here for 2020. And those goals included getting the, the metallurgy uh, solved, getting the bulk sample done, uh, starting the environmental assessment, developing uh, ways to make graphene from our graphite. We've already licensed one. We're getting close to another one with the graphene oxide. Uh, so all these things uh, we've accomplished. We've also had a lot of good results on getting our graphene into applications, whether it be aluminum, epoxies. Uh, we had some concrete results. We did some work on our tailings material that could be actually have an economic use uh, where we wouldn't have to store uh, tailing ponds. Um, so we've done a lot of great work across the beam here. The battery results are stellar. We're getting more relationships with end users that are seeing how well our graphite and our graphene performs. So honestly, we've had a great year. We're uh, very excited and I think 2020 will just be a build on to the foundation we built this year. Well, Francis, thanks so much for joining us today to talk about this latest press release and even the MyTax uh, grant on top of that. Congratulations on what looks like it's been a really great year. I may have you back, I don't know, but just in case, I want to say that. Uh, and thank you for joining us today.
Thanks, George. Always a pleasure. Thank you for doing this. You've been watching Francis Dubé. He's CEO over at Zen Graphene Solutions. The company trades on the TSX Venture Exchange under the stock symbol ZEN. For those of you who now want to do more due diligence, start at Agoracom, get there, punch in the company's name or stock symbol. Take a look at all the information we have there. Watch, if you're, if you're new to the company, watch the previous interviews we've done with Francis throughout 2019. And then finally, use the link to get over to the company's website and finish off your due diligence because this is definitely a company worth looking at. Thanks for joining us today, everyone. Have a fantastic day. Talk to you soon.